The first 50 feet are everything. Are you making the right impression? Welcome to the Mind Wrench Podcast with your host, Rick Sellover, where minor adjustments produce major improvements in mindset, personal growth, and success. This is the place to be every Monday, where we make small improvements and take positive actions in our business and personal lives that will make a major impact in our success, next level growth, and quality of life. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Rick Silover here, and welcome back to another episode of the Mind Wrench Podcast. Hey, today I'm recording from my car as I'm sitting in front of a uh, collision shop right now in the parking lot, and it just uh, brings to mind uh, a subject I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, today we're going to talk about first impressions. And uh, here's a little hint uh, first impression of this shop is not very good. Uh, I about lost a tire in the, in the parking lot pulling in. I'm looking at the outside of the building. There's paint peeling off the walls. Uh, the sign is old and half lit. And uh, it just doesn't look that appealing on the outside. So have you ever pulled up in the parking lot of a restaurant that you've never visited before? And before you can even open the front door, you've already decided this probably isn't a good choice. Or once inside, the decor or the way you were greeted, or no greeting at all, makes you turn around, get back to your car, and try somewhere else, so you don't waste your money or your time on another bad meal or a bad dining experience. Now, you have no idea what the actual food is like, right? Their Italian may be the best in town, or their burgers may be out of this world, but you never know because they lost you to a bad first impression. Did you know in all areas of life, not just business, you have approximately seven seconds to make the first right impression. And within that seven seconds, only one-tenth of a second to determine trustworthiness. So obviously, that fast of an impression, feeling, and decision comes through only through our eyes. Now, these facts come from a Harvard study done on communication. In fact, approximately 55% of all first impressions are visual only. Another 38% of first impressions are based on what you say or how you are heard by the other person. That would be vocal, tone, volume, speech pattern, and so on. And only about 7% are the actual words themselves. That means more than half of the first impressions of you or your business are determined even before one word is spoken. Good news is bad first impressions can be overcome with some work. But according to a Harvard study, it can take up to eight positive experiences to bring it back around. Now, you may never get that chance if a potential customer leaves your parking lot even before getting out of the car or just scrolls right past your outdated website. But if they do manage to make it to your door and in your door, you'll still have a chance to recover. But to be successful at this, you must have a solid plan 
or even an SOP, Standard Operating Procedure, for when they enter your shop. Now, in the past 28 years of visiting shops, I have driven by and visited thousands of shops in several different parts of this country. I have seen collision centers whose outside appearance rivals some of the nicest restaurants and professional buildings around, where their wow factor is off the hook. I've also seen many average body shops that look clean, professional, and reputable from the outside, but the office area leaves something to be desired. I've also seen bump shops that probably should have been leveled a couple decades ago, where the parking lot uh, location's truly a guessing game. You have no idea where you're supposed to park, you end up out in the street or in the neighbor's building's parking lot, where the building just doesn't look safe to enter. The only thing they have in common today is that they are fixing cars. As most of you know, 30 to 40 years ago, lower-end shops and the quality repairs uh, at that time was acceptable. Customers didn't have high-quality expectations. They just wanted their wrecked cars drivable again. The quality and finish of those vehicles back then was not very high either, and the technology was low to non-existent. Most shops could repair them. It was purely a necessity repair, and most folks went to the closest repair shop to where they lived or where they worked. First impressions did not play a part in those decisions. Now fast forward 30 or 40 years, and the average cost of a vehicle is anywhere from 30 grand to 70 grand. I mean, there are pickups close to $100,000 now. So the uh, finishes are, you know, three coat and quad coat. Technology is so far advanced with ADAS systems, electronification, and more that, that most people are a lot more particular now about who they leave their baby with. Now, if you're getting that feeling pulling up in the lot like I did pulling up into that questionable restaurant, it's game over. They have a lot more at stake than just a bad meal. And we're talking, you know, a lot of money, safety concerns, quality concerns. So as you can see now, first impressions are more critical now to your success than any other time in history. So here I'll break down the three key areas for improvement. Number one, parking lot and front of building. Uh, number two, front office and customer area. And number three, your customer service experience or reception experience. Now, something to keep in mind as we go over these uh, three key areas is that unlike 30 to 40 years ago, um, the majority of your customers are going to be women. Uh, they are more in tune to looks, first impressions, quality, color, and experiences. So you make sure that those changes that you make will appeal uh, to women predominantly. So first area I'm going to talk about is parking lot in front of shop. You must get your potential new customer past this first gut test. The first impression sets the tone for the possible interaction with your business. You really need to nail this part. They may get past the rough-looking building and confusing parking lot situation, but it has already altered their expectation of what the rest of this experience will be like. And believe me, they're not expecting a smooth, hassle-free repair at this point. You may have to spend a few bucks for improvements, but you need to look at these costs as an investment. Just one or two new jobs in the door per week or even per month that may not have been captured could cover that expense. So there's a couple things you need to look at first. Number one would be signage. 
Signage is everything. That's you. That's your brand. That's your shop. That's the first things customers look at. Now, they may just be looking to see the name on the sign to make sure it matches up with where they were expecting to end up. But your sign does say a lot about you. You've got a beat-up old sign with, you know, half the, half the letters aren't lit up if it's a backlit sign or the paint is faded on the sign and you can't see all of it clearly or you just it looks like the sign is 40 years old. That leaves an impression. It's not a great one. So your sign should be clean clear, well-lit, or extremely visible from the road and from the parking lot. And that brings me to the parking lot. So ultimately, and I know this isn't possible for everybody, because believe me, I've seen plenty of parking lots that uh, it would take an act of Congress to get this done, but the optimal setup is going to be a nice coat of blacktop, striped if possible. If gravel, at least have it level, have all the ruts and the chuck holes you know, leveled out, and at least sprayed or oiled to reduce the Dust Bowl uh, arrival syndrome. That's where you come pull into the parking lot and you park and then a cloud of dust follows you in uh, from where you just were and you know heads right to the front door. So if you can avoid that, uh, that's good. Uh, designate customer parking spaces, clearly marked along with a handicap spot right in front of your door. And is it lit? Does it look safe? I mean, these are important things to consider. You may not have thought about them before, but believe me, your potential customers thinking about that as they pull in. If the place looks a little seedy, a little untrustworthy, remember that one-tenth of a second, they've already made a decision that they're probably not in the right place, but they may come in anyways. So do the best that you can with what you have. Don't be afraid to spend a couple bucks on your parking lot or on your sign. It's, it's not going to be a waste of money. It's always going to be well worth the cost. Just depending on your market and where you're at and what kind of work you do and your volume, it's going to depend on how quick you get an ROI on it. So that's all. Anyways, next, uh, front of shop. Now this needs to look appealing and professional. And if, if it's old brick is rough, and you can paint the bricks uh, on the parking lot side. Freshen up any windows. You know, clean, declutter. A fresh coat of paint on the entrance door. Put up a welcome sign and clearly mark, you know, front office or estimates. Uh, or customer service, customer lounge. You can be creative, it's your business, but have something that clearly marks the front door as, as a place to enter, and that's a place where the customer wants to go uh, to see somebody in the front office or to get an estimate or for any questions. Also be sure to make sure there's a clear path from your parking lot to the front door. They don't want to have to trip over old car parts or walk around a grease spot or the unshoveled snow and ice buildup. Um, I mean, that's stuff you get. You need to take care of that. So have a nice, clean, clear path from the front lot to the office door. Uh, otherwise, they may not even bother. If it looks too difficult, they're going to get right back in their car and go to the next job. Replace any failing outside lights as well. Please remember, curb appeal, I know we've all heard that phrase, but curb appeal applies to more than just houses and home buyers. It applies to your business as well, more often than you think. Okay, so on to front office and customer area. Now keep in mind, when your potential new customer walks through that door, the clock starts ticking on that first seven seconds. A little preparation will go a long way right here. Now, this should be obvious, but it isn't for everybody, but sense of smell can hit them before uh, anything else, before what they see. I'll say this again. Sense of smell can hit them before something that they see. So make sure what they're smelling is something good. 
like freshly baked cookies, scented candle, uh, poopery, you know, whatever you can come up with. Not wet dog smell, not paint fumes, nor garbage can smell. Now, if you can't notice any offending odors, you may be nose blind. So invite a female friend or two, pay a random visit to your shop, maybe some family members, maybe some good friends who you can trust that they'll be honest with you, because they may have better feedback for you than you or any of your employees. Next, speaking of wet dogs, uh, as much as most of us, including me, love dogs, they just don't belong in a professional place of business, like your collision center. I don't feel they belong in Home Depot, Kohl's, grocery stores, and most stores now that I find them in, but that's a whole different conversation for a whole different time. So striking fear into the heart of a potential customer with animal issues or allergies or the old, you know, wet dog nose in the crotch routine does not leave a great first impression. We're clear on this? Okay, good. Next, declutter, clean up, and organize your customer service and waiting area. Make sure you have comfortable seating available. Not a couple of bench seats from an old conversion van you sent to the boneyard last year. And I know that sounds dramatic, but believe me, I've seen enough body shops where that was the seating. In fact, I had one place in mind that uh, they had that there for years. And the only thing that made it even more offsetting or off-putting or distracting was the fact that there's two dogs usually on it uh, when you walked in the door. So... You had strike one and strike two, uh, yet the shop managed to get people in the door and take care of them. It was just an extremely bad first impression. So remember, good, comfortable seating. Have some basic uh, refreshments available, like coffee, tea, some bottled water, cold water, not warm. Nobody wants bottled warm water. Keurig machines are great for coffee and tea. That way you can buy a, a selection of different pods uh, and keep them available there uh, with some, uh, you know, some sugar and some cream uh, in powdered form. So, you know, you don't have to keep fresh cream available all the time. Unless you have a little fridge right underneath it, then you can have some in there. But it's great to have just the basics like that uh, as far as the refreshment goes. Uh, maybe a bowl of candies or mints. Optimal would be some fresh baked cookies because not only do they smell good, it's a nice little snack for someone to munch on while they're waiting for you to complete an estimate or they're waiting to pick up the car to go home with. So snacks like that can go a long way with winning over a customer and make a great impression. All totally nonverbal and fairly automatic. Lastly, you have a few current magazines available for quick reading while they wait. And when I mean current, I mean like within the past two months or three months tops. I've seen so many magazines in shops that are three years old, four years old, that nobody has interest in. They're just sitting there collecting dust. And remember, nobody wants to, you know, read the industry rags or tool catalogs. Something more appealing, like People Magazine or Us Magazine, Time or Newsweek or some of the other local uh, community papers, newspapers, um, are great to have as well. And lastly, a lot of shops have now got flat screen TVs in waiting areas, which I think is great, you know, because it gives somebody something visually to do. If they don't want to read, they don't want to stare at their phone, which most of them are going to stare at their phone anyways. But uh, having a flat screen TV on, it brings comfort to most people. It gives them something that's going to entertain them if they need that and something to look at other than the inside of your shop or the inside of your front office. Uh, just whatever you do, 
make sure you're a little conscious about what you do have on that flat screen TV. Stay away from news channels or talk shows. Uh, stick to something lighter and more calming. Remember, your visitors just recently involved in something rather upsetting, and you want to treat them to something a little bit more calm and relaxing. Believe me, today's news and all the stuff that's on there, that's not relaxing. That's the opposite of relaxing. That is stress-inducing. So keep the news off there, and the talk shows are just very confrontational and controversial. Your customers really, I don't know, don't put them in that spot where they've got to start hearing views that may be opposing their own, whether they're just, you know, trying to get something else accomplished. Like I said, something calming, something relaxing, you know, get creative there. Okay, last area, number three, customer service experience or reception experience. All right, so your potential new customer has made it past your clean, well-lit, striped parking lot where they found a nice spot marked customers only right in front of your beautiful building and your front office and made it effortlessly through your cleared, marked, freshly painted, and inviting front doors. Now, if this isn't your exact scenario, here's your chance to hammer it home. When they walk in that door, promptly greet them immediately with a smile, a friendly hello, and a welcome to ABC Collision. How can we make your day better? Just a simple phrase like that lets them know that they're welcome and you're there to do something for them. You're there to make their day better. Now, if you're the owner and this is not your normal personality, that's perfectly fine. Hire this job out to someone else with a positive, outgoing attitude for your CSR. If you don't have anybody in your office staff that has that kind of cheery, outgoing attitude or a positive, you know, friendly voice, that's okay. It's not that you're doing something wrong or, you know, you've made a mistake. No, this is your opportunity. Recognize that, that that's what you need to have in there. And that, that'll do more for you than anything else. Hire that out. Hire a young person, someone that's outgoing, someone that's friendly. They may not have to know your business, but they know how to do customer service. My favorite is to steal somebody from a restaurant. I mean, we all go out to restaurants to eat, and you know what I mean. You run across that waiter or waitress that's just really phenomenal. They just they, they go out of their way to do a great job for you. They're friendly. They uh, treat you with respect. You want to do business with them. You end up tipping well because they did such a good job. And all they did was had a good attitude, treated you right. That's all you need at this point. Okay, someone like that. Believe me, you get somebody out of a restaurant or a you know, shoe store or someplace where they're doing you know, person-to-person customer service like that and they've got the right attitude that stands out immediately. Believe me, they're probably going to be plenty happy to leave a, a restaurant job or a shoe store job or you know, something like that where they've got a potential to grow into an industry like, let's say, the collision industry. So anyways, empathy is critical at this point. Remember, it's not about the estimate or the cost at this stage. It's, it's about them feeling understood and that they can trust you. And taking the time to ask them if they're okay and offering them a comforting drink or snack while someone else gets their basic info will take you a lot further in getting the keys than figuring out how to save them a couple hundred bucks off the estimate. Now think about that. Just on how you handle them with empathy and concern and understanding can go a lot farther, and financially it actually can go a lot farther, than worrying about 
how to try to save them some money off their deductible or save some money off the repair. Take the time to completely explain the repair process. What can they expect to experience? How's your communication and update process works? And ask their preferred method of communication. Remember, for the majority of your customers, this initial contact can be one. If you understand, this is an emotional decision, not financial at this point. The keys are yours to capture every time if you make the right first impressions. And lastly, make sure you follow up on what you've promised or explained as next steps, and then communicate in their preferred method the action taken and the next step of the process. If they did not commit to having your shop do the repairs at that time that they're there, do follow up and ask if there's anything else you missed or a concern that was holding them back that you didn't address or something they need clarity on. If you aren't able to close the sale, make sure to thank them for visiting your shop. Now, these three steps, although I spent a good amount of time explaining uh, the three areas to focus on, they all come back to making a good first impression. And most people in life, when they have to deal with a company or spend money or commit to doing something that they know they have to do with a certain business, first impressions will trump almost anything else. Yeah, everybody wants to save money. Everybody wants a good deal. I understand that. But if they don't have a good feeling with, and they don't have a good first impression, how bad are they going to want to save money at your place? I mean, how many times have you, you know, done an estimate, you know, offered to knock a couple hundred bucks off the repair or do something else for them, and you still don't get the job, and they go somewhere else? And it's not always because the next place they went was much cheaper. It's that they had a better first impression or they had a better gut feeling about that repair center. So keep that in mind. So remember, all these things I've shared with you today uh, are only to benefit you. Uh, if you do them correctly and you make that decision to change what you're doing to improve your uh, ability to make good first impressions, ultimately, it's going to do better for you in the long run. Remember, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. So that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and, and I hope I stirred some thoughts with you, okay, talking about first impressions and, and maybe gave you some ideas, uh, some things you need to start doing with your shops. I mean, first impressions are everything, and uh, you know, I, my hope is that you guys take some of this stuff to heart, uh, put some of it into motion, make it happen, Make those positive changes in your shop and, and actually realize uh, the uh, fruits of your labors by doing that. Uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong with, uh, with some of these ideas and, and making those improvements. So anyways, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, feel free to let me know with any comments on uh, your progress and how you tried some things and they made a difference. Or if you tried something and it didn't make a difference, uh, let me know either way. So anyways, uh, thanks for stopping in. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please rate it and hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach me on Instagram at Rick underscore Silover, Facebook or Facebook Messenger, or LinkedIn. And please make sure to check out my Facebook page or join my Facebook group, Collision Mastermind. And last but not least, if you see value in this podcast, please share it with others so I can help serve as many people in our industry as possible. And remember... You don't have to be better than anybody else. Just be a better version of you than you were yesterday.
Okay, one last thing before you go. I need to ask you a favor. And if you can do this favor for me, I want to send you a free gift. So this podcast has started off great, and I've had a lot of really good feedback. But I need your help to get it in front of as many people in our industry as possible. There really seems to be a, an unfulfilled need for this these days. So this is where you come in. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Spotify, find my show, and rate it, and please leave a comment. This is how iTunes gets it in front of more potential listeners. Once you do that, then send me an email at ricksillover51 at gmail.com, or you can instant message me on Facebook Messenger, or direct message me on Instagram at rick underscore sillover, with your name and email address, and I will send you a free gift as a token of my appreciation. I'll send you a copy of the Unstoppable Morning Routine, my exact formula of the routine I follow every day. You will have a complete step-by-step process to follow that will help guide you to the start of an unstoppable day. And thanks again for listening. Have a great week. See ya.